0: Hi, welcome to Piloting. I'm Renee. And I'm Melissa. And we're your hosts. Piloting is a podcast for people who refuse to live on autopilot, where we celebrate risk takers, go getters, and anyone craving a change.
1: How are you today, Melissa? I'm good. I had a great full weekend of exploring um, Mystic, Connecticut, and we got to see Providence, Rhode Island. And Newport, Mm. Rhode Island. And it was my first time in Rhode Island. What's the verdict? Love it. It's a vibe. (laughs) I think it's – like I feel like I say this every – I mean I think we all do. Like you you visit somewhere and you're like, I could live here. Now, I don't know if I could live in Newport per se. Like it is quite expensive. I mean – you go there to visit the mansion, so you can only expect uh, real estate to be a bit wild over there. Um, but I really like—I'm really liking the Northeast, and I've always liked New England area. My dad lived in New Hampshire for a while, um, and I always like it up here. We'll see if I can survive the winter. But verdict is double thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Yeah, the winter. I, I, I've i started taking my vitamin D supplements again just to – That's so smart. Prepare for the winter blues baby. Not going to get us really this year. That's really
1: smart. It which – um, if you don't mind sharing, which brand of vitamin D do you get? Or I don't mind really sharing.
0: I, do not- I love nothing more than talking about beauty, health, and wellness. <laughs> <laughs> I use – uh, Mind Body Greens, Vitamin D. I like their supplements. Okay.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. If you have a
0: referral code, send it over, girl. Oh, I'll look into that. Um, but yeah, I did not go to fun places like you this weekend, but I had a great weekend to sort of ring in the Halloween season. I went with a friend to see Sweeney Todd on Broadway. New, I mean, I've seen. I'm familiar with Sweeney Todd. I'm a theater kid, but I'd never seen it on Broadway before, and I didn't know anything about this production. Josh Groban was the star, and I mean, so many things are happening. So Josh Groban, obviously everyone knows he's an amazing singer, live. His voice is out of this world. Also in the cast was one of the kids from Stranger Things. He was amazing. Um, I, I can't you know remember one. his character's name. His real name's Gatton. Um, oh, oh, he, you know who I'm talking about? Curly hair. Curly hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was great. Yeah. the The lead actress. Um, I'm not. Her face looked really familiar, but I don't know where I know her from. Ash Ashley Ashford, something like that. She's fantastic. Mm. I mean, it was just such a good. Show and it was like fun, spooky vibes, but yeah, Mm -hmm. amazing.
1: That's a great like fall pre Halloween, yeah, like celebration. That's really funny. You you mentioned Sweeney Todd. I saw this on your Instagram story. Long story short, we were watching an episode of The Office. It was just like in the background at the hotel, and he starts singing Sweeney Todd. Like it's like he's part of the play, and. I start. He starts singing, Joanna, like that, whatever. <laughs> and I start seeing it. And Eric's like, what is Sweeney Todd even about? Like, I actually don't remember anything about Sweeney Todd except, Joanna, <laughs> I'll steal you. Yes. Yeah, so <laughs> long story short,
0: Sweeney Todd is Stephen Sondheim's most like unhinged <laughs> musical, but it's amazing. It's about a barba who – comes back to London after some time away looking to seek revenge and what he decides to do is he gets a place above this woman's pie shop that is just failing no one likes her pies and he murders okay, people in the back. barber shop and then they take the dead bodies and bake them into pies.
1: Yeah, it's coming back to me. I yeah. like remember pe- like people falling into a chute. Mhm. You know, after he, he, and he, then he the he's done the grinder chair. kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's really putting me into the Halloween spirit. <laughs> yeah, it was. It's a great show, um,
0: and yeah, Josh Groban and everyone else in the cast. I was just like, wow, this is came in with zero expectations, didn't know anything, and left having the time of my life.
1: Oh, that makes me happy. I'm, I'm happy for you. I wish I was there. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I wish you were there too.
0: Um, <laughs> And yeah, lots of fun stuff this weekend. But this week,
1: what are we talking about, Melissa? Oh, okay. So I think this is a question and thing that's been ruminating in our minds, and that's the idea of is it better to be a generalist, or we can call it a jack of all trades, a jill of all trades, or is it better to be an expert In one thing, and I know, I'm sure all of us have thought about that in our careers. Is like we go into interviews to like what do employers look for? Like, how long should we even like? Is it better to be? I mean, you like that quote, "Jack of all trade, master of none." Like that's sort Mm -hmm. of what I think about when we talk about being a generalist. Um, And I definitely learned a couple things about that quote actually in preparation for this episode. But I think that's definitely a quote all of us have heard in one way or another. Yeah, I think
0: it's interesting that you bring up that quote that I've completely forgot about that until you like the second part about Master of None. But it's true. I I have a lot of feelings about or a lot of thoughts about being a jack of all trades or being a specialist. I think I, 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 it's maybe too early in the conversation for me to like come down on one side or another, but I do just think with the way that technology is moving and everything's happening so fast, regardless of what field you're in or what your interests are, I think if you plan to be an expert of something, you have to choose really carefully that it's not going to be something that's going to become obsolete or outdated Mm -hmm. or irrelevant in the near future and I think that's just really hard to predict you know like you can be a number one pop star today and then next year or next month no one wants to hear your music anymore and and we Mm. see that with companies in like corporate settings too or athletes you get one injury it's just I feel like it's just risky to pick one thing like you have to be really smart about what you're putting all your chips in to use a poker Mm -hmm. metaphor as someone who doesn't know how to play poker.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say the putting all your eggs in one basket.
0: (laughs) That is – I know more about eggs than I do about gambling, so I should have gone that
1: (laughs) route. But they say that all the time too, right? Of Like don't put all your eggs in one basket. But then you also hear the um, jack of all trades but master of none. And so – I won't show too much about the, the quote, but I believe it was – I don't know if it was William Shakespeare who wrote that quote or that quote was like about him, but how it's been shared, there's actually like a whole part of it missing, which is interesting and I think can help like guide our conversation about it. And the full quote is technically, a jack of all trades is a master of none, but oftentimes better than a master of one. Hmm. I know, and so I love that this sort history of like lesson flips it on its head a bit because originally, when you're told that, it sounds kind of negative, right? Like you are jack of all trades, but like you're not a master of anything. But it the full quote is actually like, no, sometimes it's even better to the points that you're bringing earlier to have this more flexible, adaptable, agile mindset um, before picking something so specific that can be really narrow for you in the end and could potentially hurt you more than help you and I I'm trying to think like sometimes my point of view changes like after we have this conversation like I'm like oh I, I think maybe I'm like a 8.9 of where I believe it, believe in something. And then sometimes I might change my mind. But I guess that's like the fun part of it is changing your mind and being like, you I know think what? It, yeah. Never thought of it that way. Um, but I'm, I'm with you in that right in this moment, I, I am leaning towards Jack of all trades generalist because of the modern day that we live in and just for my personal experience in my field, which is marketing, and that you do kind of start off in this, like, you have to be a generalist before you're even considered to being a specialist or an expert. And then even if you are an expert or a specialist, you are still expected to understand all facets of marketing And I do believe that to be true when you're in like a leadership position of like kind of going through the ranks, understanding as much as you can in a 360 of an industry so that when you are an expert in one thing, you're doing so in a way that's cognitive of everything else that's happening in that ecosystem. So you're making the best decision. And I'm just talking right now in like the marketing bubble. Um, I definitely think there are a lot of industries that – don't work that way <laughs> and um, but for me in that sort of like creative technology driven industry it is there is a phase where you have to be a generalist and that it does help you in the long run
0: yeah I, I don't think I can picture any scenario where being laser focused staying in my lane and not looking in other fields, other directions is the best course of action. Because I think even if you Mm. do decide you want to specialize in something or really lean into like one area of focus, you can glean insights and tips and be better at your one thing by looking outside. I think we've kind of talked about this, I think way in like one of our early episodes of the podcast, but sometimes I think you learn a lot more by pulling information from outside sources. It's so like, even when I think about, you know, like we talk a lot on this podcast and just as friends about personal development and being better. I don't think the people who do the best are the people who are only reading. Here's another book about corporate America. Here's another book about being good at your job. Here's another thing about like this one narrow field. I think You can be great at your job by pulling tips from how Tom Brady does his job. Even though you are not a professional athlete, there might be tips there to glean. You might look at like entertainers, Jason Derulo or someone else, you know, and pull insights there. I think even like so many fields, like you bring in creative ideas and thinking by keeping an open mind. And like you said, being adaptable, being agile, being able to like look in different areas and pick up different things, i don't I can't think of any scenario where it's like I'm a brain surgeon, so I don't care about anything that's happening in pediatrics. Like why not? Mm-hmm. Like I'm sure there's something they're doing over there that you could adapt into your practice as well.:
1: <laughs> I was that's so funny. I was thinking about the doctor example before we got on this podcast as well. And I'm like, mm, would I want a doctor to feel, would I want my doctor to feel narrow, like narrow and at specialized and expert? And like I say 70% yes, but there's like this 30% ratio where I would want them to have a baseline understanding of other things that are happening because the body is, like, very complicated and wild. Like, you may be my neurosurgeon, but you might have to seek advice and expertise from somebody else. Oh, God, I don't know anything about the body. Science again. I I do this to myself. Um, But you might need expertise from somebody else if – you know, and and doctors do that with each other, right? They, like, look to one another to help sort of, like, understand – other parts of the body of of like, oh, it's I'm a I'm a surgeon, but it's on the hand and I need to talk to somebody about this because they have like a skin issue. So I need a dermatologist. And, you know, it it gets kind of wild there. Um but I would want them to I would want someone, even if they are specialized and an expert, because I do believe there are some instances where it makes sense that you go into school and you're like, I'm gonna be a neurosurgeon. Um, and you're not necessarily needing to take all these other classes that have nothing to do with that. Like You need to put the hours in, like Malcolm Gladwell, the 10,000 hours to become an expert in something. But I think what I'm loving about your point of view here is that you you still need to be open to understanding other things and letting those things inspire or – evoke inspiration or evoke insight that may enhance your field in some way, shape, or form. Like if – to your point, if like you're just reading stuff on neurosurgeon, like neurosurgery in the brain and you're not thinking about any other thing, it could be detrimental. You know what I mean? Like you're not getting – Yeah. The 360 of something. Yeah. I think you can then get into
0: blind spots. I also – worry and maybe this is just me as a Leo, but I think sometimes if you I don't think any of us can ever fully be we'll never know everything about anything. Some people can be mm-hmm. more expert than others. And like definitely a newer surgeon's gonna know more about the brain than I'm gonna know from my five to ten seasons of watching Grey's Anatomy. Like stop literally- <laughs> I mean, this like a knowledge <laughs> gap discrepancy <laughs> between us. But even so, I don't think the best doctor at Johns Hopkins or Seattle Grace like knows everything <laughs> about the brain. And I worry sometimes that if we fool ourselves into thinking that I'm a master of one, it, it le- I don't know. I think keeping that curiosity and a little bit of that humility Mm -hmm. um you mentioned this a couple episodes ago about just like being humble and recognizing I don't know everything I think that especially if we're thinking about like a doctor I appreciate that more than someone who feels like I know everything I've got this on lock there's nothing you can teach me like, I I have it all figured out. Like, no, you don't. Like, none of us do. So I think it's better to just be in the mindset of acknowledging that I don't know everything. And that way it helps me cover my blind spots versus fooling myself into thinking that maybe I don't have any. That's a
1: great point. And I'm loving this term of, like, blind spots because we all have them. Yeah. And I was, like, kind of thinking of an example, like, my a personal anecdote of, like, okay, like, in my career, where has being a Jill of all trades worked in my favor, but also when has having an expert on my team worked in my favor as well? And I think of, like, the last company I was at, let's just say, like, we were in the AI, artificial intelligence, machine learning space, which I – still to this day, know very little about. And that's okay because (laughs) my whole job was to make it digestible uh, for data scientists. Um, And But I came in with experience of being able to look at things from different angles, right? Of like, okay, well, in this wellness industry or like education industry, this is how we spoke to certain – Audience, like this is how we spoke to our audience, and this is what worked. And but they were able to kind of come in from like, and this is the science behind it all, right? And so, I I, and I, I agree that there are people who do specialize in certain subjects and things, and that's great, but they can't be stuck in that. Um, and like AI and ML, like things have changed in the last five months. They're going to change in the next five weeks. Like it's so – it's it's moving so fast that there is no way in hell anyone knows everything. Yeah. And so even though they may have been the expert on our team, that person still should have the curiosity, still should have the humbleness to understand that like what they said yesterday to me – may change and it's not ever a reflection on them per se but they should go out and seek and continue to seek new information and be curious about other things that are happening and not just be so like that says it and this is what it will be and this is what it shall be. Um, So I like that you brought up blind spots because we definitely all have them and I'm 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 glad when somebody points that out to me because sometimes yeah I can be narrow in my thinking and be like, oh, you know what? Like I need to expand my brain a bit there just because it worked two years ago. Doesn't mean it's going to work now. Right. Yeah. I
0: actually really appreciate when someone points out my blind spots because like we were talking earlier, you said about like changing your mind. I actually think it's, it's such a beautiful thing to be in a place where you allow your opinions to change and where you are like, this is how I feel today, or this is how I feel at the start of our conversation, but I could arrive somewhere else by the time we're finished speaking, I think allowing yourself not to be too stubborn about some of those things um, is helpful. So I, I really appreciate when someone brings up something I hadn't thought of, and we can kind of dig into that, and I'd be like, oh, you're right, I, I didn't think about that. Thank you. Thank you. Let me. I'll take that home and digest that, and like see see where that that new information takes me. When we were talking about picking a specialty, because I kind of like you at the beginning mm-hmm. of my career, everyone was like, pick some, like find something that you like or that you're good at, and really lean into it. Like you'll never be in a bad spot in a career if you can be. I'm the go-to person for X. This is what I'm known for. But I have a hard time thinking through when's an appropriate time to, like, pick a specialty? Because I, mm-hmm. I I remember I would try to pick a specialty on, like, day one of my job. And it's like, girl, you don't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm coming in here like I've never written a press release before, but I've decided that I'm going to be the media relations expert. Keep in mind, I don't even know what that means. So, what, like, do you like, when do you feel like – you know enough about something to specialize, like kind of going back to our doctor metaphor analogy. I have a friend in med school and she actually has to do rotations through multiple departments for a couple of years before she's even allowed to specialize. And Mm. I guess outside of, you know, med school, law school, like they have like a structure of like, when you have to pick a major or pick a focus for those of us just like working out here in the wild, wild world of work, like when when should we, when are we equipped to pick a specialty? Do you have any thoughts? I was just on thinking that? of,
1: like sorry, I was just thinking of all the W's, W W W W W W. Um. Uh. Yeah, honestly, that's a tough question because i don't even know if i've really picked a specialty to like specialize in and if i even want to but i'm with you like it it, taking it at face value like being a generalist jack of all trades sounds realistic to me at the beginning of your career i think for certain industries i think that's smart um, there's an article on Forbes that I'll, we'll, will share their link and it is titled why being a Jack of all trades is essential for success. And one of the things that they point out is it's a good benefit is this like self-discovery phase, um, that you get to be a part of in being a Jack of all trades and that you better, you begin to better understand what your strengths and your weaknesses are and ultimately like your wants and needs. And that sort of helps you narrow down, okay, like I actually went into th- went into marketing thinking I would be really good at um, paid media. And I've realized through doing stuff for my clients and paid media, I absolutely hate it. And I don't <laughs> actually like that like demand generation sort of like pathway for marketing. I am into more of the hardy, Merging data with heart type of stuff. So I'm more into like brand and storytelling and like visual and creative. Um, And I wouldn't have known that unless I experienced it. But in my mind, like I think the the where I am in my career and like okay, maybe I should narrow it down. Is when you start to creep into leadership roles, Mm. because I. I sort of like that, right? Like I sort of like that trajectory of you're a generalist, but now you're sort of equipping yourself to be in charge of a department. And I do expect that level of specialization with a leader, but with a backbone of understanding the baseline of every position that they are in charge of. Um, Because I've been in situations before where I've had somebody – specialized and they're like asking me questions about stuff and I'm like dude but you're looking for me for the expertise Um, and so I, I think that's at least what I would expect from like a leadership position where you are in charge of like now leading a whole department or you're leading a certain like group of people and it's very specific but you've been a generalist before so you understand how things are affecting the ecosystem Aww. um yeah i i feel like that's one example of a way where i would i could see it being narrowed in a in a, a little bit way to make sure you're equipped to be a good leader but what about you i think in terms of leadership
0: i don't I think Alita should be aware of all the major functions, but I I don't know if it's practical for them to really know the ins and outs of it, you know? Like, I'm thinking if I was the CEO of a small company, I don't know if, and I'm just looking at other CEOs, Like I'm like, do these individuals have knowledge of business operations, marketing, sales, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: human resource, man, like all of these different pieces. I mean, to be frank, sometimes I've seen some CEOs in the media where I'm like, I don't know if they have awareness of any of them. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's a separate problem. That's a separate Um, episode. (laughs) That's that's a different episode. But um, I think, yeah, I think you should be loosely aware of what's happening. I think if you are if you're specializing in something, it is helpful to have that, what you or the article described as that self-discovery phase. I think that is mm-hmm. important. Sometimes I I don't know what I like until I'm exposed to it. And you might not be exposed to it in the first year or the first week somewhere. Like sometimes it takes time to kind of stumble into things or there are things that you might grow to like that at first blush are not your cup of tea. But like once you gain more expertise, you're like, actually, I think I really want to lean into this now that I've kind of cut my teeth a bit um, and become more comfortable in it. But it is, yeah, I don't know. I've, I've, I've been where you are though, where I've worked with some people who are specialists and it's been such a huge asset. It's been like, yes, this person is sort of my idea bang for me to ask all of my questions about XYZ topic. And I've had other situations where I've worked with someone where Their personality isn't inflexible, but the value they Mm. add is a little inflexible if we don't need something in that specific mold. You know, it's like, I don't think that our role to be successful long term is to be like everyone's like, oh, be a snowflake. You're so special. It's like, yeah, be special. I think that's beautiful, but don't be this puzzle piece that can only fit in this specific jigsaw like you want to be like clay where it's like I can fit into multiple different holes as needed because I've Mm -hmm. seen people where it's like they're great at x but if we don't have a need for x right now like what are you doing how can we use you how can you continue to be valuable and like everyone else who might not be specialized in that area but is competent or you know beyond like above competent like doing good enough or fairly well in multiple areas end up providing more value in the long run. So I think if you're going to specialize in something, I think that's great. But you have to do the extra work of also being quite good. Like I'm going to be great in thing A, but I also need to be good Mm -hmm. in all the other stuff. And so that is just like you are signing yourself up for extra work,
1: which is fine. I like this. I like this metaphor of, like, being clay, and I'm, like, going to add to it. So be clay, but don't go in the kiln. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> because when you – like, ceramics, when you're clay, you get to be molded into things. Yes, But the yes, moment yes, yes. you go into – you, the moment you're put in the kiln, you harden.
0: <laughs> okay, I, okay. I, I get it now, and I am obsessed with it. Okay.
1: <laughs> it's like, what the hell is she talking about? Um, I want to go back for a second and clarify what I meant by leadership because you bring up a good point about being a CEO. And I was more so thinking of like middle management type of leadership where right. they're like a director of something or VP of something and it's a very specific like VP of customer success or director of sales, something like that, 100% am on, on, online with you about CEO. And I was thinking about this as well of like, yeah, when when is it – when do you need to dial up on the jack of all trades, dial down on the expertise? And I think about like entrepreneurship where as an entrepreneur or small business owner like you are expected at the beginning to like do it all like your sales, your marketing, your content creating, your um making the product. Like you're doing all of these things and you have to wear all of those hats and you have to be the jack of all trades. The minute though that you're able – you're, like, gaining some traction and now you're able to, like, hire a team, I think that's when you have to relinquish some of the all trades and all of the hats because at the end of the day, you do, though, need to be in a position where you can do the thing that you sought out to do. And I kind of think about, like, this podcast, for example, where we want to podcast, right? Like, we want Mm -hmm. to produce the shows – we want to have the discussions and conversations. At this stage, we are also content creators and graphic designers. I say that in air quotes. Um, and audio engineers, audio <laughs> engineers. We're you know copywriters. Like I don't know if that's really going to change because like Renee's really good at it. But you know we're we're doing all of these things, but when we think about like, oh, what do how do we want this to grow and where do we want to be actually doing is when I think about it, it'd be nice to just like walk in a room, sit on a couch and do the podcast, right? And not all these other things behind the scenes because we're that's that's the me. That's sort of the the shiny object that we want. And maybe some entrepreneurs may think the same thing when we're like, I just want to Make the product. Like I want to be the artist. Like I want to be the visionary. Or I want like to sell the product. I don't, or make the product or whatever, be the product marketer. I don't want to have to do all these other things involved. Um, so that might be that's an interesting case study of like when you dial up on the jack of all trades or have to be more of a generalist. But eventually relinquish some of that so that you can get to the the thing that you actually wanted to do with the caveat of still being humble and 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 keep on learning and not sort of like and being having people on your team who make you aware of the blind spots so like that's when you would hire out and maybe hire some of the the specialists in certain fields to help you with that um And I think too of like the growth, like the growth trajectory of a company, maybe if it's like a startup, they may hire more generalist uh, because they need people to like be boots on the ground, like do everything what you can. But at some point in their growth, they may need somebody who's like more specific maybe in in that and they don't need a marketing specialist. They need a director of demand generation, (laughs) you know, I don't know. Yeah.
0: I love where you're going with this whole conversation about startup versus more established firm, entrepreneur versus bigger company that can like outsource things. I think what you said was so smart and I'm so glad you brought that up because it makes me realize too, and it's kind of helping me shape where I'm kind of landing in this argument. And I think- I keep coming back to being a generalist gives you more job security because mm. I agree with you that when things are going well, when the cash flow is great, when we're at a certain size, we then have we as like a company, an organization, a collective, whatever, a club. Um, we have <laughs> the resources to kind of dive into every little niche and get a specialty for every little thing. But as someone, and I mean, we've all been through this, you and I definitely have, when companies go through hard times and it's time for layoffs or it's time mm. to downsize, the people who last a little bit longer are often the people who can jump into other roles to fill the gaps, you know? like I've seen it happen before where it's like, okay, well, if we're doing a layoff where we need to make some cuts, are we going to keep Renee, who's a rock star at sales but can't really do anything else, and we are mm. not in a place to sell right now? Or are we going to keep Jenny, who can sell? She can, I don't even know what else happens in a company anymore. <laughs> like, you can sell, <laughs> she can clean, I don't know. She can clean. (laughs) She could do product marketing. (laughs) Yeah, like we need people like on the team who are just ready to do a little bit of everything. It's like, can you read a map? Can you steer the ship? Can you grab a paddle? If you're someone who like, well, my only role is to like check the ropes. It's like, okay, no, (laughs) like we don't have time to be focusing on the ropes. (laughs) We need people who can like grab an oar and like get this thing moving and just like jump in. And so if you're... if you're so over-specialized that you don't know how to kind of just jump into something, mm-hmm. I think I think that works when things are great. <laughs> but when things are not great, and as life is, there are ups and, ups and downs, even in the best companies, the best yeah. whatever – you you want to be someone – at least you definitely want to market yourself that way at the very least. Whether you can do it or not, at least give the impression that you are someone <laughs> who can. You are nimble. <laughs> yes, you are nimble. You can roll your sleeves up and you can
1: like get down and dirty with people. So I yeah, just keep that in mind. I mean, that literally happened to me, right? Like, I mean, I survived like a few rounds of layoffs, which surprised me, but as I think about entering into the the world of working again you know brand is a very specific part of marketing and it could be my blind spot when looking but this is sort of like the argument i have in my head of like that is something i am passionate about and i have a baseline knowledge of everything around brand but brand is something i do specialize in and it um, I, sh- I have a similar story of knowing somebody who has worked across like four to five departments in one company and has survived all the layoffs because of that. And I'm like, how did you do that? And I'm like, maybe I needed to market myself better as a generalist of like <laughs> versus, you know, this is what I like to do and this is what I can do um, because at the end of the day, like they still have their job and I didn't. <laughs> But so. I think
0: I think what you just said is important. Like those are two different things and they can exist at the same time. Like you can lean into what you like to do while also mm-hmm. letting people know I can do these other things as well. You mm-hmm. know, like I don't think you have to just give up your passion or like, like you said, if, if you want to lean into like talent, the talent portion of podcasting, which is obviously our favorite part, like mm-hmm. you don't have to give that up. You just have to like let people know. If things go bad with the podcast and we have to audio engineer it again, we know how to do it. Even mm-hmm. if that's not our preference, it's like yeah, we know and how. It'll
1: <laughs> it'll make us like eventually when we can hire somebody <laughs> manifesting to to do that for us. We know what we're looking for, yeah. but we're also like humble enough to know like look at the end of the day like you're the expert like we just know what has worked for us in the past here's like the vision that we have for it can you execute it so we can go into a conversation with them with enough insight and a vision to guide that conversation and to make sure we're getting our ROI from it and then they're they're coming into it with like that's great here's what i know that has worked really well with successful podcasts and what I think could be improved, and then you know we're all ears on that. Um, yeah, I'm like, do, are you leaning a different way from the beginning of this conversation now? I think i I think
0: I came into the conversation thinking that being a generalist is better. I think I'm leaving the conversation still thinking that being a jack of all trades is smart, but there's no harm in leaning into a specialty, whether it's something that you particularly love or if it's just something that you're really good at. But I think if you do that, I still think it's a time thing. Like, you know, like everything, it's like a little bit of both, but we have a limited time. So like, how are you going to spend that time? Like, specializing mm-hmm. in one I think if you're spending all that time specializing in one thing you do still have to put in the extra time to keep up with what's happening in the other areas so if you have limited time I say lean into being a jack of all trades I think from like a security standpoint it feels good um, so I think that's yeah I think I'm leaning into be a jack but if you have the extra time and passion and enthusiasm definitely look into something that you can be a
1: rock star at what do you Ooh. think jack versus rockstar um i would i think i would agree with that i don't know if i would disagree with anything you said because i mean people use the term well-rounded as a compliment i've been told i'm well-rounded and i'm like oh my god thank you so much you know and and Aww. i think that's for a reason right like there is something special about people who are driven by the curiosity and like want to just like gain and attract and absorb as much knowledge as possible. That's not advice that you would just give an intern. That's advice that I would give to a CEO, like remain curious and you can learn so much from your team. Um, And so I, I definitely think it's, you only get better from wanting to learn, and stretch your skills like you're not going to ever stretch them unless you try something new we were not audio engineers before 2023 now we are so (laughs) we were not podcasters (laughs) before now we are and that's because we decided to try another hat try on another trade and I think it has made us better for it um yeah I agree yeah (laughs) well said well said well rounded
0: <laughs> yeah um any last thoughts before we before we move
1: into gold stars no i think um i i feel so much better about that quote i'm just so shocked that it had like another sentence to it
0: yeah No. the part we two all... was the jaw dropper yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> we're like what no one has ever told me this Like no English teacher has ever taught me this. I like that. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, what's your gold star for the week, (laughs) Al? Ooh, okay. So I'm gonna actually wear my Renee hat on and share something in like the self care like realm. I know, and I don't know if if you're like if you have struggles like me with dry scalp, um which happens when weather changes. Mine mostly changes from like when we're entering like really cold weather and then like really hot weather. So it happens to me at least like two times a year where my scalp just goes wild. And if you're like me, um, I recommend a company called Brio Gio and they have this um, like scalp mask, like shampoo, conditioner, and serum. And I tell you, it works wonders. I only have to use it like a few times before my like scalp calms down. And um, you can get it at Target, Ulta, online. And Hot Tip, they typically always have it at TJ Maxx as well. So They do. My, <laughs> they do. And you, you got to stock up and grab it. But I, I just bought some today because um, I'm like, it's happening weather the temperature's dropping (laughs) what about you what's your
0: gold star so my gold star is patreon um for those who don't know patreon is quote the best place to build community with your biggest fans share exclusive work and turn your passion into a lasting creative business so i kind of I don't create anything on Patreon. Like, I am not, I don't have fans. <laughs> so, I am yet. not a cre- yet. Um, I'm yet. not a creator on Patreon, but I have kind of dipped in and out of like every now and then I'll like have a couple months where like I'll follow someone else and then I'll like dip out. What I love about Patreon is that for, I use it particularly for people who I follow on YouTube who then have additional content that isn't on YouTube that is either like copyright restricted, so it's like easier for them to do on Patreon. It's just like more insightful. And I like it because it does give you, it typically gives me longer form content that just wouldn't perform well on a social media network. But like mm-hmm. I'm old school. I love long form content. So I'm like, give me an hour. Give me, I don't care if this wouldn't get the ads on YouTube. Like I'm interested in this. It gives you exclusive stuff. So, you know, if someone's artsy, sometimes they'll release like their own music tracks or other like creative work um that you can see on patreon um there are just so many different ways you can use it i'm also just enjoying exploring how different creators use patreon for my own like business curiosity of like what people are doing there and it's great um the way that it works is that it is a subscription service you subscribe to each creator you can i think you can do like a year subscription at once if you Want. I think that's an option. But what I have always done, it's just you can do it month by month. So I can say, hey, I just discovered the piloting podcast. Um, see, they have a Patreon. Let me check it out for a month. And if you're interested, keep subscribing. If you're like, eh, not for me, or I came here for a, one specific thing, I got it. I don't need to subscribe. My budget's tight. I can dip out and then resubscribe in a couple months if I want to dip back in. So it's really flexible on the like fan viewer side and from what i can see all the creators who are creating find it really lucrative like financially mm-hmm. and also just you know to give give people who are in their community like more of what they're looking for and kind of connect to them and kind of chat with them so i'm I'm enjoying patreon yeah
1: i need to f- i know a handful of people who have like who i love and respect and um you know, follow their content for years, but I've never signed up for their Patreon yet. I know, horrible fan. And I need to do it. I mean, a lot of these content creators and artists, like they work really hard to put their stuff out and it's free for us to absorb and watch and, you know, have. Um, And it's such like a, a, a nice way to support individuals of like you're yeah. doing a great job. You know what I mean? And like you're if you're getting benefits from it, you know, especially people who do like travel guides or um tips on fashion or music or you know, like podcasts. <laughs> you know, like it's a good yeah. way to sort of give back to those
0: creators. And it's not expensive. Like, at least the people I engage with, they're really responsible with the pricing. So it can be as cheap as, like, $3 a month, which, again, yeah. everyone has their own budget restrictions. But for me, I like, $3 is, is manageable. And you can also – creators will create tiers sometimes. So they can say, at the $5 level, you get access to this. But at the $20, you get access to something else. So it you can also kind of – jump in at a level that you know is manageable for you
1: or maybe we can add us having a patreon one day into our manifestation (laughs) i love it speaking of manifestation, (laughs) (laughs) oh okay so mine's a simple one and i've heard this for years and lol my mom and i have been watching episodes of hoarders And all of the, I know, all of the psychologists always like tell the hoarders to trust the process and I'm not a hoarder, so that doesn't really necessarily uh, match for me in that. But just in general, when I think about things that are happening or maybe the pace of something just a good reminder to like sit back and like trust the process and timing matters and good things take time. And so as I go into finding a new job or I go into other sort of transitions or milestones in my life, I just need to like trust the timing plus trust the process. Um, So that's what I'm manifesting to be better at doing that this week. What about you? Um, Love your manifestation. I feel
0: like that's always a good thing to trust the process. My manifestation is, I guess, more of like a quote from one of my favorite books, Anna Karenina. Um, It is, if you look for, let's start that over. (laughs) If you look for perfection, you'll never be content. And it's just a good reminder Mm. because I have perfectionist tendencies with certain things. Like, I, I can be a little exacting and like I want things at a certain quality, which I don't think is a bad thing, but it is good just to have the reminder that not all things need to be perfect and not everything needs that precise eagle eye to just like, it's okay. You can be content, you know, and be more selective about which things get that perfectionist energy and let some other things go when they're good enough. So yeah, mm. that's that's my manifestation for the week.
1: Process perfection. I oh, love please. an alliteration. <laughs> no. <laughs> I, I just I think it. that's like my toxic trait always like searching for the
0: alliteration. If that's your toxic trait, that's then you're doing quite well. You're so healthy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: There's like a um, I've seen people make crew necks for like their family get togethers and on their crew neck they call out what their toxic trait is. I really want to do that one that. day. And maybe mine would be like alliterates everything. But then I would have to like alliterate something this out. trait. <laughs> yeah. Or like try to like make it alliterated. Anyway. Um, that made me think of that. But I really enjoy talking about this today. I like um, I love our manifestations always and generalist being a generalist, Jill, jack of all trades um, next week though I'm excited about next week because we get to delve into our Michelle Obama book finally
0: <laughs> I am so excited about our book club next week I'm also excited to start the book <laughs> Another P is
1: Procrastination. Yes. Um, so I've
0: got some homework, but I, I know it's going to be great. I know it's, she's – Which is she's mine too. I haven't
1: – Yeah. I haven't read it yet. But I, I like I, – I sometimes do it on purpose because it feels more fresh in my brain when mm-hmm. I read it the week of. Maybe not so much the day of or <laughs> the night before. Um, so I'm going to try to be better at reading it. It's, it's like I guess technically – studies have shown it's not good to cram but like an hour a day for a week versus seven hours the day before
0: i'm a binge reader though sometimes if i space a book out over too many days i just won't like i'll just stop reading it even if i like it i don't know if i have some like undiagnosed attention deficit or just generally scatterbrained but i i like to read in like big deep chunks i i don't like Mm. 10 pages every night before i go to bed i'm like "Uh uh-uh this is gonna take like way too long
1: (laughs) oh yeah i'm not a yeah sometimes it's like 10 chapters yeah (laughs) yeah
0: that's (laughs) That's my vibe same. (laughs) same um But thank you for the conversation today, Melissa. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed this. And thank you all for listening. Um, Appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. We don't have a Patreon yet. So continue to support by just giving us a download, a listen. um, And we can't wait to chat with you next week. See you next time. Bye.